From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. All right, are you ready? Mm hmm. Okay. Well, welcome, listener. How are you? This is a very exciting episode of Aaron's show today, because for the first time ever, I'm joined by a guest. I'm joined by Tonika Williams. We want to welcome her. Welcome, Tonika. How are you? Hi, Aaron. Hi, listeners. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So let's get in. Let's get into it today. Um, you know, we met on on the group um, where I get a lot of my inspiration for my podcasts. So yes. why don't you start out telling, basically introducing yourself to our listeners and telling everybody, you know, who you are, uh, what's going on, and what challenges uh, you're facing today, and what and what you want um, our listeners to know. And then go 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 right ahead. Go. All right, so hi again, everybody. My name is Tanika Williams. I'm from Kingston, Jamaica, which is located in the Caribbean. Um, I am visually impaired. The proper term for my for my diagnosis is a retinal detachment. So it was a doctor who caused it. I wasn't born this way, and um, sorry, my parents sued the doc sued the doctor. For what is called medical negligence, and uh, it's a very, it's a very, very famous case. If you Google it right now, people, Tanaka Williams against Dr. Sonia Thomas, 1995 case, very famous case. So, what this case does is to guide the doctors and is when dealing with medical negligence cases, you know, to be careful how you. Uh, treat a, a baby with, with this sort of need. So I I grew up in Kingston, Jamaica. I lived in and then I moved to New York uh, for two years. There I learned to walk because I walked very late. I was a premature child actually and you know I had problems. I had respiratory problems eye condition, you know, I was just to and from hospital, but I was able to live. And I attended the daycare. And then my parents said, now that she has passed the daycare stage, where next do we take her? And my parents did not know about school for the blind in Jamaica. And I didn't go there. So I went through a regular school system. One of my cousins, he's a education teacher, and she used sandpaper to allow me to to feel the letters, the, the 26 letters of the alphabet and the numbers, you know, 
because you know at the school for the blind you will you'll be able to learn braille and the numbers and all those stuff but i didn't learn braille i didn't i didn't go to school for the blind so you know my parents should be blamed right there and then from i wasn't the third grade everybody i have been using what is called a shadow a personal assistant you know where that person would come in assist me with note taking and homework and all that stuff and you know now i graduated from baby stage and went to the high school system and the same thing happened where i you know required special attention and um i passed through i did what is called the caribbean examinations council cxc that exam determines if you go to college or university or so so i passed all my subjects and i went to grade the, the, the 12th and 13th grade then i did cape caribbean proficiency examinations where you know you do that you know in order to get you into high school or i mean in order to get, get you into college or university as well and now i'm a university student studying a bachelor's degree in entrepreneurship now we're getting to the interesting part now now um excuse me for my background noise i i told you no, i was recording no wor- and no worries and by and by the way listener yes i we we i i also might have some background noise some nature some birds uh even some people far off in the distance you know because i i happen to live in a neighborhood so i i think background noise um actually inc- is is really good in a podcast it's, it's some it's some background <laughs> you, know, you need you need some environment so i i, I love that of course Mm-hmm. Okay. Go right ahead. So, all right. So um, my parents were saying to themselves that, you know, it's, it's going to be costly to maintain a personal assistant because the tuition fee is only 200 and something thousand dollars Jamaican. That's like a couple US dollars. That's pretty expensive. So my parents found this office on campus called the Office of Student Special Services. Now, at this office where where i am at, at, at this current moment this office is a home away from home in that students with special needs come here they get their exams done they get voluntary assistance they get special accommodation time to finish up their exams this office also advocate for persons with special needs so when you're going to the classes the the office administrator will write would write a letter to the lecturers saying, hey, this person is a special needs student, please allow him to take this and that, this and that, this and this and that. Now, the most important challenge for me, not everybody, because my major is entrepreneurship, which requires math courses, which I very much understand that. And we need math in our everyday living. Sorry, we need math in our everyday living. So I did accounts and I passed it. The two most troublesome courses that are bothering me are econ- economic statistics and financial management. By the now, way, with for you... oh, I'm go oh, ahead. Sorry, yes, yes. So, by the way, listener, um, I, I think you know in the states we might say accounting. By the way, just to um, give our American listeners uh, some some mm-hmm. American English. Uh, perhaps in, in British English, you would say it that way. But in, in America, um, if you're listening to Aaron's show right here in the States, you would know that course as accounting, which is very important for, for entrepreneurship. I agree. Please continue. 
Yes. Or let me just backtrack that sure. um, accounting, you know, sure. it involves a balance sheet, income statement, profit and loss account. So those are important. Those are important, which I get and I grasped and I passed it. Now, with that course, I went to my I went to my lecturer's office hours and I used up our time wisely. And my father, who also who was also an accounts teacher back in high school. So that uh, that course was easy to grasp now the statistics which involves tables to find the cumulative frequency this that it, it, it's really tedious and guys let me say i've done this course three four times and failed why why people why because you know tutoring worked but there was some, there was a little mix-up, or should I say, confusion in the tutoring. And what I'm thinking, and one of my lectures approached my father and said, "You know, we need to do something because something is not right here." So the lecturer approached the deputy dean of the faculty and said, "You know, we're chatting here. Could you help us?" And the deputy dean said, "Other blind persons did the course, and she passed it. That's no excuse." No. People, in particular professors who are listening, I understand that different persons will have different accommodations, different teaching methods. Now, if blind peers, if blind or visually impaired persons did the course, pass it, that's good for them, congrats. But you're going to have different persons with different special needs and they just don't understand it. They, they, they Another method would, would, would work for them. So the method that would work for me, oral exam, reason being because if you can listen to my voice, everybody, I am somebody who likes to press myself. So all I'm asking of you to, to do is, Mr. Deputy Dean, is to Use the same question content that you would give a sighted person for the exam. Turn it around slightly to accommodate me for an oral exam. All I'm asking. So what will be done? I'll be writing a I'll be writing a letter to the deputy, the deputy principal or the chancellor, the director of the Office of Student Services and Development here, and administrator of the office of special student services here to say hey look i'm tired i need some help this is the best me method for can we go along from here because yes different personalities match with different people but you as lecturers professors you need to understand that hey you have a special need person can you deal with it deal with it just one time you're not going to see them every day. You just deal with it and done. Duh. So I'm imploring even university students, those who are blind, visually impaired, whatever disability you have, don't just sit back and lay in your couch up and out of your grave. Dig deep and find the source of answers. I had to post this in a group and I, I got a lot of comments. And I thank you guys for supporting me, I'm not just I'm not just doing it to show off. I'm doing to, I'm doing it to to show you guys that not just in America, in the Caribbean, it's worse in the Caribbean. I don't know what the law is in in America in terms of special how they cater for special needs, but what, but what I do know 
is that um, now I'm not being biased. I'm not. What I do know is that America caters a lot more students with special needs than in the Caribbean. I wish we were like America, but we don't have it. That's why I encourage you, you students, to use up your opportunities, opportunity costs. Use your resources wisely. Any questions? Really good. I I certainly I certainly have a lot of I certainly have a lot of questions for what you just uh, told our told our listeners. Sure. First of all, thank you. Um, so I need to take this time to thank you for joining us on Aaron's show today. By the way, mm-hmm. guys, when I when I responded um, to uh, to Tanika, uh in the in the group that we're all in on Facebook. I, I'm always pleased to speak to all of you, and I'm so happy she's um, on uh, on the show today. But I actually had no idea that she would even respond. So she's 100% correct. The fact that she responded to me, but more importantly and most importantly, the fact that she has the courage to post at all and the fact that she has the strength to tell, tell the world all of these problems and, and educate the world in such a, a beautiful and eloquent way, I'm sure that that is a clear sign that she's, you know, very successful and will be, will continue to have success. I also would like to point out that I I really appreciate you differentiating between visually impaired and blind. Actually, Mm -hmm. you can, you can, if you don't like this, uh, no, no worries. I say that, you know, I tell listeners and I tell the world that I'm blind because I am. Um, and I feel that the term visually impaired, in, in my opinion, kind of distracts people. It's not, in my opinion, it's not an accurate representation of what, of what blind people are capable of. But sure, if you're on Aaron's show, you can say visually impaired and, and I can say blind either way. Yes. Now, you, you know, you brought up something very quickly in today's, in today's show that you did not bring up yesterday that really, really, really caught my interest for a very, very specific reason. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk more about right now about this whole legal issue uh, with with your doctor when you were a baby. By the way, listeners, let, let me tell you that I, I personally have a great deal of interest in law and philosophy and society. In the year, um, the year for me was around 2001 uh, to 2002. My parents had to school sue the school system, the public school system where I live. It's uh, quite a quite a fame, quite a landmark case. Um, if you want more information about the case, because I'm not a hundred, I, I know it, you go, guys go go ahead and laugh. I'm not. I'm not. Sure what <laughs> I'm not sure what the official legal <laughs> title of the case was. I, I forget what it was called. Um, it could have been my name, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So if you want more information about my legal case. Go ahead and push that push that audio message, push that audio clip button on, on this podcast. Let me know. Or, of course, since I'm going to be posting um, our podcast today on all sorts of groups all over Facebook, anywhere you see this link, just go ahead and, and you know, click comment and then comment below. I'd be happy to get back to you about that. So sure. because of this, you know, issue of, of, of law and disability law and things like that, but specifically medical law. Um, I find I find this to be very interesting. If you would like, tell our listeners more about um, your your early days and uh, specifically what uh, what medical malpractice uh, occurred and and tell everybody all about that. I'm really interested to learn about it. Go. All right. Let me say much, but I will share what I will share the little I know. Okay. So one of my 
my family member, one of my family members is a lawyer and he was the one who fight for my rights and basically the doctor did not check my eyes so I was a premature baby and then they were saying doctor check her eyes check her eyes there's something wrong with it so okay now listeners picture yourself on a bed and a light is, in, is, is, is over your head now that light excuse me that light seeped Seeped, seeped through my eyes and it damaged the, my retina. So 5% sight, or in Jamaica, as we say, piece of vision, glimpse, a little tiny bit. So I have to use a cane. So, you know, um, so what my, what, what my family member did, he Googled universities, or should I say medical universities, in the US, particularly Miami. I don't, I don't remember where in Miami he did it, but he Googled universities in Miami and he got in contact with professors, ophthalmologists, ophthalmologists professors, to so say, hey, what do, what do your laws say this, that, this, that? And he did some research and he got in contact with the ophthalmologist in, the, in New York. So that is who I'm seeing today every summer, every year I go to see medical treatment. So when that from Google and got in contact with different professors, he took his own money and went up there to speak with them one-on-one -on -one because back then technology wasn't in. You know, so he went up there, got books, got papers, got different researches, came back. The case was tried. And so the government was sued and the doctor was sued. And the doctor who did it to me, she did it to her own son, who is also visually impaired. Right. So okay, because that's even, of this. All right. Well, the fact, yes. the fact that the fact. Uh, whoa! All right, we live. That's the world we live in. The fact that the doctor did it to their own child, I, I don't. I don't mean to dismiss you for even one one iota of a moment, but that's even more interesting than your case. Uh, all exactly. all that that's the interesting part. That's disturbing. All righty. Well, good. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I'll I'll make a note not to go to that doctor. Okay. Well, she is uh, retired, <laughs> by the way. Amen. And so what, uh, what, what ended up, okay, so the, the doctor, the doctor was, was sued, um, as we call it here in the States, it was a medical law, uh, me, um, yeah, me, medical, yeah, me, medical me, negligence, medical, uh, um, right, negligence, <laughs> oh, yes, ne neg oh, negligence, yes, that's what it's called, medical negligence, exactly, exactly, okay, well, that's, that is very interesting, so in the end, how did all of this work out, and, and what happened in the end? So to cut a long story, to cut a long story short, people. But you can talk as long uh, as you want to make make it long. <laughs> uh -huh. Um. So basically, I got compensated, and I won the case. And um, because of this case, in particularly, doctors who are ophthalmologists have learned from this case, and judges they use this case. To guide them where to go, and that same family that that same family member did another case five years ago. Of, give me a minute, one minute. Okay. 
Sorry. So no problem. That family member represented a lady, and her daughter is blind, deaf, and dumb. Think about it, listeners. Somebody who is blind, deaf, and dumb. Now, the hospital was sued, and the doctor was sued, and the government was sued, and that parent earned about millions of dollars. Can't see on air, but millions of dollars because what? That doctor performed, a different doctor performed medical negligence. So my case was used to back up this new case, you know, as evidence. So that as, case didn't exist. Right. Excellent. For our American listeners, her case was used as legal precedence. Exactly. Legal precedence. Yes. I did international law and um, law of legal systems back in first year of university. So I have a basic idea of what's going on. Good, good. Great, mm -hmm. great. Well, that, um, I'm, of, of course, we're very sorry to hear about that. And we're glad that, that it was handled. Uh, mm -hmm. And, I'm, and uh, you know, I, I tell people when I hear these stories from around the world, uh, I, I am never surprised and I'm always surprised. Uh, it's, it is a miracle to me that some of, some people get into professions that they probably should not have gotten into in the first place. But in, in the end, I'm glad that the right thing was done. And I'm, I'm really proud to hear that. So, um, so, the, so this is good. And then, um, you know, you, you talked more about, you know, Grow, growing up and, and going through school. Can you tell our listeners what were some um, experiences that you had kind of like, you know, um, as, as a child? Because, you know, by, by the way, so I'm, I'm 28 years old. Um, now I do not know. Uh, okay. Yeah, I figured since you're in university, I figured you're probably, you could be a little younger than me, but probably around my age. So, you know, Good. So um, what I was what I was wondering is, you know, what what, do you, what were some experiences that you had, um, you know, growing going through the school system in Jamaica and, and being a child, you know, go, growing up in Jamaica as a blind child? Uh, I've, I mean, as I told you, I've been to St. Lucia, but I've never been to Jamaica. So Americans are not really familiar with Jamaica apart from the culture. We really don't know much about the country at all unless we go there and unless we have family there. So what, what are some experiences, some really, you know, interesting experiences you had? I think you started off in, you're, you're doing great. You're doing really well. So try to tell, tell our listeners about another really profound experience you had as a child growing up in Jamaica. All right. Let me just say that w the one thing that's common in Jamaica, the Caribbean and the world is that, each country has a school for the blind, right? Right. But what is different is that each country have their own disability laws. What's also different is that each country have their own different agencies of special needs advocacy. Now, Jamaica's Disability Act is active but not fully am amended. If you Google it today, it's still there. You're going to get some, um, you're going to get some, what's the word, let me find. You're going to get what the law contains and whatnot. But 
let me just say to you listeners that, that, it, is, that it is still being amended. We have a far way to go, but I love my country and we are improving. We are. We really are. With the help of America, yes, you know, so we are improving. Now, um, like I said, I didn't go to school for the blind. I didn't, I didn't go to school for the blind. I went through a regular, we called prep school. Prep school meaning the baby stage and then high school. Now, back in prep school, I didn't grow up with my parents that much. So my parents found it really hard. And today they still do. They found it and still find it really hard to accept that I have a disability. They really do. I understand it's, it's really cramming, it's really nerve-wracking, it can be really chaotic, tedious, anywhere you could find. But it, it, they find it really hard. So, sorry, they, at some point they were blaming me that I didn't go to school for the blind. But, so, but, but people just think of it right now. How could, how could it be that I'm a child and I don't know what's going on? And you're telling me that, oh, you should have gone to school for the blind. Don't blame us, blame yourself. I don't know what the hell is school for the blind. I don't know. So you should have took me there, set your standard, and then just let me go through. But no, I went through a regular system. So my parents would pay the, the shadow out of their own pockets. And mark you, it was really costly, really costly. And, but I overcome it. I passed my grade six achievement test, that exam. Uh, allows you to pass for a high school based on your selection. Given that I pass for the, the great Arden, A-R-D-E-N-N-E high school. Deo Duque Quare Optima, with God as God we seek the best. Now when I, when I went to high school, um, they were used to physical challenged people. Physical, not visual. Now the now, principal. Is, oh, good, good. So let's let's let me let me please please let me say this. So it is interesting that you sit. Yes, yes. So in in America, guys, being visually impaired or being blind is a physical disability. It it is it is physical. Mm -hmm. So I, mm -hmm. I I do I do not quite understand the difference there in Jamaica between being physically dis a physical disability and blindness. That I don't. I, okay, I let don't me explain. Really get, I don't really get your point there. Can you can you clarify for for our listener? Okay. All right. Physical meaning mobility, lack of mobility, whether you're in a wheelchair, one leg, autism, whatever. They are used to that. They're not used to a visual meaning blind or visually impaired. Okay, That's so basic. How. Okay, right. So basically, th this school was not used to to blind people. They were accustomed mm -hmm. to other disabilities and other challenges, but not mm -hmm. blind. That that's what you can say. Okay, mm -hmm. because the autism is a um, hidden disability. It's it's hidden. It's um, it's a um, you can kind of cognitive see it. cognitive. Yes, but we use certain in America. We use certain uh, diplomatic language and certain legal terminology to express it. So, uh, so uh, autism would be cognitive, and being blind is physical. Okay, but but okay. either way, so the school wasn't used to blind people. Okay, doesn't no surprises there. So then what? 
So then my parents and the principal had a meeting to say, hey, this person is blind. You're going to have to come out this person, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So the first step the principal took was to aware, let the teachers be aware. And we had our former special educator, minister, Dr. Hicksfeld Douglas, who is also blind. He's retired. He worked at the Ministry of Education here in Jamaica for umpteen years. That's a lot of years. He worked he worked as a special educator. He traveled the world. He, he still does workshops for persons with special needs. So he came to the meeting to help sensitize the teachers that there are different methods in, in accommodating this person. And the teachers were moved by it. And they were a little scared, a little nervous. But as I grew by, as I go by, they got used to me. But in, in the 10th grade now, because math was a little challenge for me. And my math teacher was trying to find ways and means to let me pass the math courses. And I passed the math courses. I, I passed the math courses. And... I became student council representative. I left a mark. I left a legacy at school because I did well in my exams. I was able to prove them wrong. I was I, I was a popular girl at school and still is a popular girl because people, my sisters go to the same school and they say, you know, I remember your sister. She left a legacy here and it's still here. And after I've left school, after I left a couple of years ago, another visual impaired student came. Yes. And, um, well, she had to leave because an incident happened. Um, not, not, not at the school, but at the school for the blind. An incident happened and she had to head back to the Bahamas. So she's no longer here in Jamaica. But the point I'm making is that once a school is sensitized and do their best to equip the student, and other students, then there's nothing wrong with it. So the same thing applies to the university. Yes, it's rocky. It, it's really rough. But come on, guys. Put your head in the game. Yes. Cool. Cool. Well, great, great. You know, I, 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 I can tell that you, you have a really strong family um, and that you have really supportive parents. And I, I think that's really, really critical. And one of the problems that I'm seeing today on my side, my side of the microphone here in, in the Americas is that a lot of parents, you know, some parents are just not, are not, are just not able to deal with their child's blindness is, is what I'm finding. Some parents are just, are just not able to deal with it. And my parents I, just, my parents are like that too. They really don't. They really, they find it really hard to understand, but you know they, they are they are coming out of their comfort zone and really understanding. So it's so it's a healing process. It's a really long indeed, process. indeed. It, and and acceptance is a process. No, no. And I appreciate you you clarifying, and we understand that. My my point is that in my point of it is that in America, I've seen some parents and I've heard about some parents that never get it, that never cope, and that are never able to accept their child's blindness, and that's a very serious problem, and it's very common. Um, and I can understand, or I, I really cannot understand because I do not have children and I'm single, but I can try to imagine that if you're a parent and suddenly your, your baby has a disability or has a challenge, that must be incredibly saddening. Um, but it's, 
the thing about life is that life is not fair. So what you have to do is you have to be adaptable and you have to find ways of, of also being accepting of the way life is sometimes. So I think that's critically important. So, you know, can you tell if, if parents are listening in America? So um, to Nika, can you tell them what are some good tools that they need to have to help them accept blindness and accept the fact that their child is blind? Well, what, 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 what would you say? Okay, the first tool you gotta have is your heart. Accept them for who they are. Because they could be blind, they could be deaf, dumb, crippled, paraplegic, anything. That's the first thing. Trust yourself before trusting them. Trust yourself before trusting them. Teach them to be independent as much as possible, people. Please do. And for parents with newborn babies, for those who, for those parents who have newborn babies uh, who are blind and visually impaired, please, the first thing you have to do is take them to the nearest school for the blind, the nearest agency for persons with special needs. Do not delay like my parents. And most importantly, talk to other family members Talk to other, try find other parents who have gone through, who had gone through the same situation. I, I urge, I urge you, don't give them away, don't give them up. I was watching the news the other day, and this parent, she has a, a four-year-old son with no arms, and she was about to give him away, but she said no. When she saw what he could do, she kept him and hold on and held on to him because he has a bright future. There's a guy in Montego Bay, Jamaica. He has no arms and he's a professional mechanic. Look at that, people. So, parents, I say to you, do not compare your child with a sighted person. Don't do it. They are different. But remember, remember that they're unique and special in their own way. Absolutely perfect. Utterly, utterly magnificent, you know. Um, I, I would I would add on to that that I think it's important for parents to also do their research before yes. they before she they go to that. right, right. Before they go to a school for the blind. The reason I'm saying this is that some of the schools for the blind in the United States are better than others. And yes. some of the schools for the blind in the United States provide uh, perhaps either a more appropriate or a less appropriate education for each individual child. Before going to a school for the blind, think about that and make sure that it's an appropriate fit and, and things like that for your child, for sure, for sure. But I, I could, not, could not have said it better. That was, that was really, 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 really well done. Thank so you. good, so good, good. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, you know, so then you, you, successfully you know went through school in jamaica and then you got into university now tell tell our our listeners on aaron's show wh where did you find and, and how did you become interested um in in attending in attending university now the reason i'm i'm asking this question is that in America, there are a lot of influences for high schoolers. You know, you're told that, well, you don't have to go to university. You can go do a trade. 
you don't have to go to university. You can be in the army. You don't have to go to university. You can work, you know, at, at ABC or, so, you know, work at, at Company X or something like that. So I agree with you that, of course, you need you needed to you need to be in university. That's, of course, the right choice. But how did you uh, find the strength and how did you find it within yourself to know that you needed to go to university, that you needed to be the one in the university? You know, you know, Aaron, you're damn right, because let me say to you, children, young adults, parents, or let me break it down, parents, do not force your children to go to a college or university or something, something that they're not interested in. Encourage them, encourage them to be what they want to be. Don't force them. Because it is them who are going to do it. It is you who are going to pay their tuition fee or what not or what not. Encourage them. Don't force them. Young adults, let me say to you, choose your courses, your friends, your career path wisely. Choose those wisely. Take interest for what you want from what you don't want. Because when I was in the ninth grade, in Jamaica and in the Caribbean, you are required to choose a minimum of eight subjects to do an exam in the, in the, in the 11th grade. So I had problems choosing my subjects. And, you know, my first option was to become a dentist. And my mama was shocked. She's like, girl, how are you gonna do that? You can't even see. I'm like, mom, technology is rising and you don't know that. I, I, have, I have the knock for science, <laughs> let me say chemistry, physics, but, but my other options were to become a teacher, a judge, a lawyer, but I chose entrepreneur. Why? It's a piece of cake. Or should I say, I got many families in the U.S. and Canada who are business owners, who are business managers, and I got the knock from them. So that is how I end up choosing entrepreneur. Also, my other profession was language and linguistics and interpreter. So I applied for four departments on campus. I applied for entrepreneur, marketing, Spanish, language and linguistics and something else. And I got through for all of them. But it was up to me to choose one department. And I chose entrepreneur. And I believe that was the best one for me. And it's the best one for me. Right now, people, I'm, I'm a, I have my own podcast. It's called Culturama with Diva. We'll tell you more about that at the end of the show. But the point I'm making here is I chose my, my subjects wisely. I, first of all, let me say it was my grandma who encouraged me to go to university. I said, Grandma, I didn't want to go. I, I just don't want to go. And then I looked into myself. I examined myself. And I said, okay, university is a hard road, but I'm going to travel on it. I spoke to other blind persons who have been here and they walked me through it. And here I am today, guys. Believe me, it's really rough. In Jamaica, we say rain a fall, but dotty tough. Meaning rain is falling. Times are hard, but get through it. That's a great. That's a great one. I'm sure our listeners will love will love that. Will love that that Jamaican expression that's only said in Jamaica. Yeah, 
Yeah, really good. Yeah, and you 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 present yourself perfectly as a public speaker with your with your person with your personality and your and your beautiful you. Jamaican and your beautiful Jamaican English. It's that really that really adds to your strength. That really makes you sound even even more um you know, eloquent as a public speaker and a business person, for sure. Yes. Thank you. You are welcome, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, and the other thing is a lot of people just don't know what they want to do at all um, in, in the United States. We have so many people, we have too many people going to university and they come out and then they don't really work. So that's that's starting to become a bigger and bigger problem in, in the United States. But so how many universities are there in Jamaica? Okay, so we have um, two main universities. The University of the West Indies Mona mm-hmm. and University of Technology. They're right across from each other. We have co- we have teachers colleges. We have the Northern Caribbean University. We have um, what's the name again? I forgot the others, but we have a, quite a few. But the two main ones, as I said, the University of Technology and the University of Mona, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the University of Mona is has three branches, one in, Mo- no, 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 one in Montego Bay, one in Kingston, one in Barbados, Cave Hill Campus, one in Trinidad and Tobago, St. Augustine Campus. Yes. So it's, 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 it's really wide. In, indeed, indeed. When I was volunteering in St. Lucia, I, I was familiar with that. I was familiar with the University of the West Indies and how they have yeah. campuses all over the Caribbean in all, all the yeah. countries. In a lot of the main countries, there's a branch of that university. So there's it's a whole network, University of yes. West Indies. Indeed, indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, right. Well, good. Well, really, really, really good. Um, okay, well, good. <clears throat> So then, you know, after you after you graduate, after you finish your university, really the most important thing moving forward is that you know what you want to do and what you want your influence in society to be. I think you have an interesting answer. What's what what will your influence um, in society be? No, let me. All right. I love my country, Jamaica, and it's a nice place to live. But the economy is moving really slow. It's improving. There's a lot to be done. Let me commend my country. But my main thing is to live in the U.S. or Canada because of the the social security that's up there. We don't have that in Jamaica or the Caribbean. So we have to sit on our butts and depend on people to feed us. There are hardly any jobs here in Jamaica, let me say, for persons with special needs. We have to beg or this thing called links, contacts. But in the U.S., although in the U.S., you will get a, a social security. So if you don't get a job in the U.S., you can at least get a social security, which is good. But in Jamaica, you ain't get nothing here, man. You ain't get nothing. Not a damn. So... For me, I have to think outside the box. So I want to stay here for at least the next four, three to four years and contribute to my country with my online business platform. And then I go to the U.S. 
because I lived there before and I and I plan to get back up there, you know, to do my masters or, and and continue my podcasting and my business ventures. But but really and truly, I love my country, but it's not where it is for me as a person with a special need. I I, I cannot stay one place. I have to go and find other opportunities. Some blind persons are migrating because of what there's nothing here. You have to beg. I, I'm not gonna beg. No, move on. So I say to you blind persons or any person with a special needs, don't just sit down. Think outside of the box. Think of something that you can do. Use your talent. Whether it may may be singing, playing an instrument, making baskets, doing hair, whatever it is, people. Get up, stand up, stand up for your rights. The famous Robert Nestamali, stand up for your rights. Go speak. Go sing on the roadside. He may, you know, you know, me can tell you see an artist promoter driving his Audi car or his Jaguar. Say, hey, I'm going to promote this young person. And see? So let your voices be heard. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. No, I loved living in, in St. Lucia. The Caribbean is a wonderful place to live. It um, is. Especially and- the climate. Yeah, especially that. Yeah, the weather's always good, uh, except for this part of the year. You have to be careful now for hurricanes in your part of the world down there. But um, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, that's all. But that's always a problem. You know, when you live in different parts of the world, you have to deal with different types of climate and climates and weather and things. But yeah, when I was in Lucia, I noticed that the blind people there, um, some of them are working um, in in businesses or in, um, what was it? They had at the organization that I was volunteering with in St. Lucia, they had the blind people making mops. They had a mop factory uh, in the mm-hmm. basement of one of the, mm-hmm, in one of the buildings. So they had them trained on how to make mops and they sold uh, cleaning supplies and rugs, I think. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right, right. So do you, so um, if, you know, I, we understand that it's hard for blind people, incredibly difficult for blind people in Jamaica to find work. But if, if there is work, what, what would the blind person, you know, try to do? Would they maybe be able to work in a store, um, you know, help someone maybe at a, I don't know, a coffee store or something? What, what do you think? Oh, give me, give me one minute. Let me just go oh, yes, my sir. phone. Of course. Sorry about that. Now, no in Jamaica, we have what is called the Jamaica Society for the Blind. And that facility teaches blind and visually impaired persons to 
get adjusted to blindness and they have a little craft market they have a craft store behind it it's called superior craft and more where they make baskets handbags dirty clothes baskets all those stuff but really and truly the the sighted population these business owners these self-employed persons they're not convinced to to to, to employ a blind or visually impaired person they're not so mostly blind persons mostly do teaching jobs and they are being employed in the government, in the, in the, in the public system, the, 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 the schools, the high schools to teach. But we as university students, some of us are not being employed. Some of our, let, let me give a, a perfect example. There is a blind, a couple of blind guys, they have, have, they have their degrees in marketing. And let me say first class honors in marketing. And they cannot get jobs right now. They can't. Because of what? Nobody wants to employ them. So what do we do? Sit down? No, we need work. The same way all these employees want to spend money and buy the cars and buy the this, buy that. We want to do that too. It's the people, we are human beings like you. The only problem is that we just cannot see. That's all. Duh. Although we cannot see, we have our computers. We have our... All right, let me give you... Let, let me put it this way. Our eyes are... Are, are, are handicapped but our brain is not put it that way our eyes are not working but our brain is what our brain is working and i implore you to put yourself in our shoes do that and think of the bigger picture that'll be my that'll be my title of my book please don't steal it it'll be copyrighted soon the bigger picture <laughs> yes well, that's that's really good, really good. So, I suppose at this craft store, they people could, you know, potentially buy baskets or buy crafts, but that's not really, that's not really what blind people need to be doing, um, for for the most part. So, I, I would imagine that that probably does not yield much profit for the, you know, for the blind person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's a big problem in the states. Where I am, um, it used to be that in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, blind people were trained to do, you know, very, very odd jobs, very strange jobs uh, for, for today's standards. They were trained to be um, masseuses, um, massage therapists. They were also trained to be piano tuners. And those were considered to be jobs that were appropriate for blind people in the 20th century. Um, but now those jobs are really not a not as appropriate for, for blind people in America. You know, you can be a masseuse if you want. There's nothing wrong with it. But we would say that, you know, blind people have more options now in the United States. And you can be a piano tuner, uh, but there's not many pianos anymore. It used to be that in the 20th century in America, almost every American household had a piano. So it was part of our culture. And so they needed people to go around and tune pianos. So... It's, it's simply not part of our society anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about there? Do you think there's uh, training for blind people to be to be masseuses? Is there that training there too? Yes, there are. You know, there is a, an institution called the Heart College of Beauty Services. It is funded. It is funded by the government. There are two branches in Kingston and and, and Port Morris and Catherine, Jamaica. So most of these. Uh, 
persons are trained to be masseuse. There's a there is a, a business, a popular business here in Jamaica called the Gifted the Gifted Hands by Tamika. What's I forgot her name and she's blind and she, and her her, her massage. It's a spa business that she has. May I say? And she apart from massaging, she does hair care nails and I, i'm surprised by the customer turnout so know that the society has increased and technology has increased blind persons are now trying to find their own business opportunities but the problem is that erin they don't want to seek advice on how to how, on how to get started how to get started on their business but but, but trust me it's it's there right i i would i would think it is um, and I think it's not necessarily a matter of not wanting to seek advice. It's a matter of that the the discrimination can be so profound and so severe that the blind person simply becomes discouraged. I mean, we have even in America, we've had blind people who look for jobs for years and years, and then eventually they disappear because eventually if they get turned down enough times, they lose interest. So mm-hmm. that's a that happened very very, very frequently in the United States. It's a big problem. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. But um, it's a big problem everywhere, actually. Everywhere, not just in Jamaica. But I was looking at some economics and I realized that Singapore is one of the leading countries in, in, in producing their economies of scale. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a really big factor. Yeah, yeah. So speaking, you know, speaking of Singapore and speaking of other countries, um, why don't you tell our listeners about some, you know, interesting experiences that you have had while while traveling and tell our listeners where you would like to go in the future and what and what you would like to do as far as travel. All right. Let me just fill up this one big gap then. So. Earlier on, Erin, you mentioned that what are my goals and dreams after graduating from university? And one of my biggest dreams is to travel all, all over the world. All over, as far as Thai, Thai, Thailand or Taiwan, whatever it's called, Singapore. Well, are, well, okay, so those are two, you can go to both of those places. Those are two different countries. Thailand is one country and Taiwan is another. And Taiwan, yes. I beg your pardon, yes. So I want to travel as far as those countries. I have been to the US, Canada, Barbados, um, Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, where have I been to? Panama. Yes, I've been there thus far, and trust me, it's great. I love traveling, and the reception there is just good. People just come and greet you and meet you, and, and you just go about your business, that's all. But one thing, though, the U, the U, when, I go to, when I go to New York, though, man, the streets are dirty. Fordham Road, man, the streets are dirty, little with crap. I'm like, I don't, I, don't, I don't want my shoes getting all dirty. I'm like, what the hell? But I love, I love shopping. I, I, I love, you know, going out to the movies, parties, anyway. So I have a podcast. It's called Culturama, K-U-L-C-H-A-R-A-M-A with Diva, D-I-V-A. And Diva means D-determined, I-independent, V-5-Z. And A, I am awesome at what I do. So you can listen to it on Anchor. <laughs> oh, yes. 
<laughs> that's wonderful. Well, we we you love that listen, at Erica. That's you can perfect. listen it on anchorfm.net. You can listen it on Mixcloud. You can listen it on Apple Podcasts. Just open your Siri app and say, "Hey Siri, type in Culturama with Devo." No, no, no. Siri won't be able to read that name. So you have to, you have to type it in yourself again. That's K U L C H A R A M A with Devo. It's on Spotify, Break, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Public Radio FM, 195theglobe.com slash Core Confidence Radio, uh, Trinidad and Tobago, CCV. Uh, I'm supposed to be in the UK on Dodge Radio. Yeah, so isn't it there? It's fun, guys. So I want to go around the world and travel a lot because, you know, let our voices be heard. Yeah. Great, great, guys. So, yeah, if you want more information about her podcast, she can get it to me later. And then I can I can put it out. Actually, you know what I can do for, for, for us for right here on Aaron's show? We'd be happy to put up a link uh, to your to your podcast and uh, on all of your bio and your information on my show, on, on my show's page. And then so just look for it there. If you guys, if, if you want more information about her show, just um, just comment below. Send me a message. But either way, I'll put up her bio um on on my page on facebook and then we'll we'll spread that around and i i hope that this will um that 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 will be that that's something we can definitely do yeah yeah and guys i'll have Aaron on my show coming soon so uh listen up good that's right i'm really looking forward uh to being on your show that's going to be a great honor you know because when you're a podcaster sure it's fun to talk and hear the sound of your own voice but it's also fun <laughs> it, it's also fun to have to have amazing guests and the and the yes. guests like today i mean you're an incredible person to talk to you're an incredible guest and you have an incredible voice for the radio so i mean this is i mean this is as far as i'm concerned this is a five-star podcast i mean it's, hey, why aren't we why yeah. aren't we on apple this is apple material as far as i'm concerned i think i should just promote it just get, I, I think we should just step right on up there to apple i think this is good enough but i'm i'm only kidding of course I but know. i'm doing this i'm doing this for fun and i'm doing this uh i'm doing my show to basically educate the world and i think it's the right thing to do and i always enjoy doing it but apart from having your own show it's even more exciting when you get to be on someone else's show so thank you i certainly look forward to being on your show and talking to your listeners we could uh, you could even i don't know you can you can do it however you want to do it but you could even have people send in questions that they want answered and i'm, I'm happy to answer all of your listeners questions and that sure. um and that that reminds me um after after the show today i'm going to send you more information about another another opportunity that I think you might be interested in learning more about, about expanding your radio business and expanding your yes. podcast. And yes. I, I think I'm not sure that it's really applicable for my podcast style. I don't think I'm, I don't, I don't think it's a good, I don't think it's my podcast is not the right fit for it, but I think, I think you should look into something else that I'm going to send you. Um, yeah. So, you know, well, this is this is interesting. So you, so you think our streets are, are, are dirty uh, in New York? Well, that's true. But there's dirty streets, dirty streets everywhere in every in every country. But well, but that's where great. I was, I was just walking with my dad. I'm like, Dad, this street is so crowded with dirt. I'm like, where does this come from? Uh, well, yeah. You know, I love USA. Hey, USA. All my aunties, all my uncles, all my cousins. Hey, y'all in Atlanta, Georgia, Aunt Gigi. Felicia, big up on herself. Um, 
Wealth narrative. Um, everybody, I'm people in America. Everybody, hey y'all, love y'all. I'll be back up next year. Nah, peace out. Yeah, good old USA. Oh, see. can you see through the door burning? Okay, I'll stop there. I don't know the anthem. Okay, so next, next. Okay, can can you please sing the Jamaican national anthem? Sure. <laughs> Have a good voice. <clears throat> Eternal Father, bless our land. Guard us with thy mighty hand. Keep us vision with your powers. Be our light through countless honors. Knowledge send us, Heavenly Father, grant through wisdom from above. All this truly, us forever, Jamaica land we love. Ladies Jamaica, and ladies. Jamaica, Jamaica land we love. Teach us true respect for all. Stir response to duty's call. And all send us we through perish. Um, something, something. Let's be <laughs> perish. Something, something. I, I'm embarrassing myself. Jamaica land we love. Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica land we love. Amen. You Amen. Amen. You that was that was magnificent. That was wonderful. I could yes, not think I could not no. think of a better way and a better time to say Thank you for being my guest today on Aaron's show, the podcast for blind persons where we talk about issues in the blindness community. We talk about issues in society with education when lecturers don't want to teach us. We deal with issues with doctors and family and parents and accepting our blindness from all over the world, from the United States or from a wonderful country that I certainly love, Jamaica. And we know that the people of Jamaica love us here in the United States. This has been another amazing, amazing episode of Aaron's show. Have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. Duncan's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day.